0: I have to study science I'll never use this stuff again in my life oh yes you will you will use it every day you live and it will be determinative in the quality of your marriage I'll teach you the answer to that question next week third you coming back third reading gives us a pattern of of sequence a pattern of sequential progress of continuity of cumulative good when you start to read a story any story and you stop in the middle of it you have virtually wasted your time most people don't understand that unless they see relationship through to the end they have virtually wasted their time most people don't understand that the most important the most summary the most riveting value of a relationship comes from looking back to see what God has done I like most of you had grandparents that were married for many many years and I have no idea how they stayed married for that many years because they were such different people. I mean to tell you, and, and some of you heard me say this before. My grandfather was old, cussing, cigar chomping, veterinarian, just as rough as a cob boy. He was a hunter and a card player and could drink a could belt back a few beers. You know, my grandmother. would would have made a a Puritan look like a party animal. I mean to tell you, she had this little lace hanky stuck in her, up her sleeve all the time. Oh, and she just, she hated to see men wear shorts because you saw the hair on their legs. Oh, why do men do that? You know? She tried to get me an honest goodness, ah. When I was on a football team, she tried to get me to shave the hair in my armpits because it was so unsightly. Can you imagine? Can you imagine going into a locker room and have shaved armpits? Yeah, I would have lasted a real long time. Wouldn't it? You know, she was just one of the... And you looked at this couple and you say, How in the world did this couple stay married? Well, I don't know how they stayed married for 50 years. But I remember seeing them every night. Fifty some years into their marriage, just going toward each other. You know, <laughs> Beck and I are doing this these days. You know, we're not that old, but we're that decrepit. And we're, you know, we go to, and they kissed every night. And I remember them looking back over a very rough and stormy relationship and seeing how it all made sense. Do you know? That reading a story to the end helps you look back and see how the plot unfolded, how the characters were played out to their fullest. And if you get that cumulative good in mind, you will be so much better at relationships. You won't say every little plot development says, man, I exit out now. No, you'll be able to look back and see exactly what God did and last reading invites you the words the language itself invites you to continual re-examination if you look at at life like a bunch of blips here and there that doesn't invite you to continually re-examine them but i want to tell you that reading does reading is there for your continuing in-depth investigation into it i can't i don't know how many times i've been through this word i've been a christian For 25 years and read at least a a chapter of scripture almost every day of that 25 years. So you can figure how many times I've been through this Bible. I don't know. Dozens and dozens. And I want to tell you I have that same habit still every day. First thing, I read at least a chapter in the Word. And I want to tell you every day I learn something new something I've never seen before. I may have gone over that verse 25 times and God brings something out new in my life I have absolutely never seen before in my life. You see that habit builds a pattern in me That I'm going to go back. I'm not going to figure that I already know it because I read it once. I'm going to go back and see what else is there. What is there that's deeper? What is there that's current for me? Do you know that same dynamic is so valuable in a relationship? How many of you people that have been married for 10 years or longer figure you already know who your wife or husband is? I want to tell you, you haven't even started. You have not even started. When you build that dynamic into a relationship, When you say go back, I want to talk to you. I want to to know about what you're thinking. Most of you, many of you turn around one day and say, man, this isn't the the guy I married. You've changed. Guess what happened? Therefore, why? You just dropped out. You didn't notice stuff. He didn't change in an instant. That's been going on all along. Same with you husbands. She's changed. You're not the gal I married. Well, thank God. God's God's got more in store, See? And what it invites is we go back to the same relationship again and again and again. And for newness, we don't change relationships. We grow them deeper. You understand? That's what reading teaches you to do. Jesus talked about, uh, the, the Bible talks about all of these things were written for our instruction. The Bible was set up. First Corinthians 10 says this Bible was set up so that we could go back to it and back to it and back to it and back to it to see how to best currently live our lives. I want you to tell I want to tell you that God sets his relation, our relationship up with him and our relationship up with each other in the same way. We keep going back. We keep going back until we have we have gone to the absolute depths in relationships. Now, one more section of this and then I'll quit. I want you to know that not only did God set up the dynamic of reading, so that so that we could best develop capacity for loving and 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 meaningful relationships. And by the way, if you if if you haven't got the message yet, the message of the day is read your Bible every day. I don't care whether you get anything out of it or not. Continue to read it, and God will build a capacity in you that you have not had before. All right. and read other things also. I know, I know this is tough for some of you. I know some of you have had, have, have had problems with reading. Concentrate if it's only a couple of sentences. If it's only a passage, concentrate. Because God will build into you a capacity that you long-term will absolutely cherish. Now, just, just three more things. God not only has given us the book to read, but he gave the book in a form That loosely mirrored other types of literature. And all of those forms of literature are valuable in our developing a relationship with Him. Yet, let me just point out three of them there's nonfiction. There's a lot of people who love to read nonfiction. I love to read nonfiction. Nonfiction just gives you the facts. A good part of this book is written in nonfiction. It is the history, this, this is what happened historically, it says the law philosophy this is these are the principles that are unchangeable this happens and nonfiction communicates this there is right and there is wrong and 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 there is good and there is bad and there is truth and there is a lie. you see this not how you feel about everything you know i want to tell you we have this this culture that says as long as you're sincere it doesn't matter what you believe Sure, it does. If two people disagree somebody 's wrong, or somebody's closer to being right because there's a right and there's a wrong. Nonfiction says this that while it 's important how you feel, the ultimate importance is is. What you're you're pointing those feelings toward? Now it's important that you have faith, but the ultimate importance is that in which you place your faith. I mentioned to you before about the physical laws. You know, if you go out on thin ice and you you just have a little sheet of ice and you go skating toward this little sheet, I don't care if you're a Christian or a non-Christian, unless God is doing some sort of miracle that day. Uh, It doesn't matter how much faith you got. You're gonna go in. You're gonna go in If you if you're if you're skating on a two-foot slab of ice It doesn't matter whether you're a believer or non-believer. You're not gonna go in You see it's that in which you stand or on which you stand that really counts and that's the way it is in the faith It is not the amount of faith you have is do you have the right God? Is he real? See? Is he dependable? Is he faithful? And if you don't, you're gonna go down. So nonfiction says there's a real world, an objective world of reality, and there's a world of unreality. Fiction is the other, is the supplement to that. If if nonfiction implies objectivity, fiction implies subjectivity. Fiction says there is more than just facts, there is meaning. Let me ask you this. How many of you guys would be better off if you not only knew what your wife said, but you knew what she meant? How many of you have ever fallen for the line, oh, you don't need to get me anything? You see, yes, you did. She didn't really mean that. She has to say that. But she didn't really mean that. Oh, don't make a fuss for me. Yeah, make a fuss. You know? You've got to understand. Fiction is so valuable because it, it ushers us on to the really important messages. You know, there's fiction in the Bible. Every time somebody told a story that was a parable, well, it, usually it was it was just pure fiction, because the point was deeper than that. You know, how many of you got involved in learning life's lessons from reading books like Uncle Remus? I used to love. We had a we had a, I had a babysitter when I was growing up. Grandma Widener. She wasn't my grandmother. She was everybody's grandmother, and she had to be 180 years old. And she used to come over and pull out that Uncle Remus book. and Boom! I was right there. By the way, that's how that's how God many times pulls us in through stories. If I, I, I love to watch your eyes when I'm preaching, and I want you to know I do watch your eyes, and that's why I got these, light, these glasses on, because until we get some better light and I get contacts, I'm gonna be wearing these because I, I watch you all the time. And if I go too long without a story, you're going like this. <laughs> you're starting to count the boards, you know? But as soon as I say, you know, when I was a kid, boom, there you are. Okay, got a story here, you know. God used that same dynamic. He used it in scripture, he uses it in literature. When, you know, when, when Jesus said, you know what, there was a man who had two sons, boom, you know. One of, them wanted, one of them was rebellious. He just loved pleasure. He wanted to run away from home. Man, there we are. Oh, man, I got a kid like that. Tell me what he did. See? When, when Nathan faced David, he said, You know, David, once there was a city with two guys. One rich, had all the lambs in the world, you know. The other poor little, little guy just said, One little ewe lamb, he just loved that little lamb. You know, well, of course, anybody who's had a pet, man, they're right there. Yeah, a pet, all right, I know about that. He fed that little lamb every day. He laid down with that lamb. One day, David... The rich man had a guest, decided instead of taking one of his lambs, he'd go over and take this poor man's only lamb. Man, David just flushed, you know? He got so drawn in emotionally. He said, That man deserves to die. No, Nathan looked at him and said, Huh, well, you're that man. Because you had all these concubines and you went over and took Bathsheba, Uriah's only wife. Boy, he just stood there in his sin, see? So, the Bible uses that form to draw us in and to teach us the, most, the more important lessons of life. And every time you, 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 you read fiction, look for the deeper meanings. And then the, the last one, and, and, and we'll quit. I, I love to talk about this, and, and, uh, but uh, uh, poetry. Poetry. Expression. Do you know how God made us to express our love? For him and for one another. Do you know why your heart grows cold when you don't worship God, when you don't express your love toward God? It's because you were made to build love by expressing it. Look at the Psalms. You think David just loved God before he expressed it? No, God, David loved God the more he expressed it. Look at the Song of Solomon. Oh <laughs> wow, you talk about crazy nuts in love with each other, you know? Here's this Solomon just expressing his love. And the love is building as he expresses it. And so it's very important to read those, those languages, to, to practice using language of expressing our love toward one another. As a matter of fact, when you go to a formula for salvation, all three of those, these are present. Look, for example, Romans 10, 9 and 10. I'll quit after this. Roman, Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, If you can confess with your mouth that's expression in it Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that's that subjective drawn personally into it that God raised him from the dead Jesus being Lord and God raised him from the dead are the objective those three things result in salvation so therefore God builds our relationship with each other and with him through the reading of words, through the different forms of literature, doesn't it boggle your mind to think that this is an accident, that God put this whole world together so that we could be traced back to loving Him? Pray with me. God, thank you for giving us just a glimpse of why, You have put the world together as you have. Why school is so important? Because school is simply the vestibule of church. It is through the study of what you have done in the world that we will come to the truth. And you have already declared that you, Jesus, are the truth. And so, Father, as we learn more and more about the way you have have brought together the world, help us to more and more see you and better and better love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if the communion servers would please come forward. As they're coming forward, let me invite all of you who are Christians to partake of this living word we have just partaken of the written word let me ask invite you to partake of the living word if you have not yet given your life to Jesus Christ let me ask you to um, just stay in meditation during this time let the elements pass you by or if there's something in your life that would uh, you need to resolve before you take this you're afraid of taking it in an unworthy manner let the elements pass you by Just, just stay with the Lord talk with him uh, while, we're, while we're doing this. But the rest of you. Please uh, pray with me. Lord Jesus we do confess our sins. Remembering that the Bible says. That, that as we confess our sins. You are faithful and just to forgive our sins. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Help us now to partake. Of you the broken and living word. We pray in your name. Amen. body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for thee, preserve thy soul and body unto everlasting life. Take and eat this in remembrance that Christ died for thee, and feed on him in thy heart by faith with thanksgiving. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for thee, preserve thy soul and body unto everlasting life drink this in remembrance that Christ's blood was shed for thee and be thankful Lord we are thankful now let us go from here having fed on the living word and feed on the written word we pray in Jesus name
1: you stand, please? Our benediction will be one that we offer together to God by singing the doxology. If you you have not come into a relationship yourself with Christ, and today is the day, and you'd like somebody to talk and pray you through that, there'll be some folks up here. Also, if you simply need somebody to pray with you, Please make your way forward at the end of the service. Now let's close by singing the doxology.